Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. This is episode 19. One more episode until episode 20. Da, 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 da. This is an amazing episode. We are the Malthouse Games Podcast. My name is Delton. I am the host. I have with me today my usual co-host, my wife, Haley. Sup, nerds? Apparently, you are all nerds now. You are all nerds if you listen to this podcast. That's just rude. That's just science. I'm pretty sure science <laughs> doesn't work that way. Hey, we're nerds too, man. A nerd can call another nerd a nerd. Maybe. That is science. Maybe. Anyway, we are a board game, tabletop game, card game podcast, and that's what we do. We talk about those kinds of things and play those kinds of things and drink very good beer with good friends while we do it. Are you calling me a good friend? Not really. Well, Not after calling everyone nerds. <laughs> well, you said you're drinking good beer with good friends, so... Usually that's what we're doing. Today, no. We're married. And? Okay. <laughs> now, now you see why we drink together whenever we do this podcast. Exactly. So lately we haven't been up to too much, except my computer died. Conveniently, I got a story for you all. No, it died because I updated the BIOS, BIOS, whatever, and it worked, but then it stopped sensing my power cable and it died. Let me give you guys a little context, okay? Gather round, children, at Grandma's knee because it's story time. So about a week and a half ago, Delton downloads League of Legends. Now, when I first met Delton, he played League of Legends like crazy. I'm talking like three or four hours a night. Spending actual real people money on skins. All that nerdy stuff. About a week and a half ago, he downloads it again on his computer. And he walks into the living room where I'm folding laundry and he says, I can't get League of Legends to play. My computer's too old. So I said, oh, I'm sorry, honey. Maybe sometime soon we can spend the money to build you a computer. Two hours later, Delton walks back in. No, next day. It was the next day. No, 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 yes, no. Yes, 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 yes. This was in the same no. day. I was folding the same load of laundry. I, I originally tried the day before. It was the next day. You just want to make it two hours. Boom. It was two hours. No. So his head's hanging low and I go, what's wrong, sweetie? He goes with a slight smile on his face. My computer's dead. How convenient. The only thing I never updated on that computer was the BIOS. And so I thought, okay, I'll update that and we'll see what happens. Well, it ends up that me doing that made the motherboard not sense my power cable. The battery on that laptop had been dead for years now, so it won't hold a charge, and the only thing keeping it going was that power cable. So now that the power cable wasn't sensed, it was over. And what did he download the very first day when he got his new computer up and running? League of Legends. League of Legends. Suspicious! And some other stuff. Yeah, I was saving up. Wanting to save up, at least, after Gen Con to, to build a new computer. I was hoping maybe if we got the Patreon going, I could put those funds toward the computer to make it easier for me to edit, because my old computer was atrocious with editing, especially video, but even audio. And so we just kind of had to jump on it a lot faster. Luckily, the bank I work for does employee computer loans at 1% interest, so I was able to put it on a loan to pay it monthly and hopefully get that paid off shortly after Christmas. Conveniently easy. It is conveniently easy, but still. It's nice to have a new one, though. We are a distance away from it because it's a little loud at the moment. I have to change out the front fans so I can control their speed. Uh, I don't want to get into computer talk, but it's fast. I can play games. I love it. Nerd. But it's really nice. That's happened to us recently. What else has been going on? We talked about the cabinets last time. We had a game day with Mac and Cass. We did. We had played games with Mac and Cass, showed them the gloriousness that is viticulture. I destroyed everyone. Yeah, Haley won, as usual, but Mac wasn't far behind. He was very close. I think he crossed the 25 barrier first, but then I surpassed him. I think so, and then I hit 20, and I think Cass was not far behind me, if I remember correctly. But then Mac ended up winning Azul, right? No, I won Azul. You won Azul. Yeah, it was my first time to win, I think. Ah, that's right. So we played Azul, we played Viticulture. What else did we play? Oh yeah, we played Lotus. We showed them Lotus because it's a gorgeous game and everyone seems to enjoy it. But I think I also won that one, but I'm not 100%. Mm, I'm pretty certain Mac won that one because Cass won Bitten. 
I believe Cass did win Bitten. I definitely won Azul. You definitely won Viticulture. Mac, call us out on this one, man. I'm pretty certain you won Lotus. You never know. You I'm do not know. too sure. No, ask no, him. I don't want to look at my phone or ask him. It's fine. You're just afraid that you lost. Maybe. Just a little bit. It's okay. I lost that game too. That's true. But that was a good game day with some friends. What else have we done lately? Anything super crazy over the top? Because I can't really think of anything we've done that isn't out of our usual. Or anything aside from me building the computer that's worth talking about. I got a side job writing quiz questions for $10 a week. That's true. She's writing questions for one of the local trivia uh, trivia sessions, trivia He's, nights. He said he wanted a millennial perspective because the trivia questions were written by three 40-year-old white dudes who talk about Seinfeld. I'm like, I'm not going to be much different. I don't know what your stereotype of the millennial is, but I introduced Delton to Seinfeld and I would watch it again 100%. I would say Brian really introduced me to Seinfeld because he made me watch it. I will fight you. I was trying to introduce you to Seinfeld the moment it hit Netflix or Hulu. You were trying to, but you didn't. Brian did. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. By the way, Brian wanted us to clarify he does not hate time stories. He wants to play it with us still. He just hated that we missed a card somehow, which made us basically use an entire play to then have to go back and see what we had missed. So it was like something we had already looked there. We should have had the card, but we forgot to get it out of the deck. And so that put us behind. That's what he didn't like, but he does want to play it. And he told us he will basically murder us if we play the next scenario without him. I felt so bad after he told us that he actually did like it. I felt like we needed to retract the previous podcast and have like a state conference with a press release and audience to say we're sorry. I know, right? I mean, he did say he didn't like it in the moment. I think we just misunderstood what he was talking about. But we've cleared the air with that, so that's nice. We did play games with Brian. We got to play Mystic Veil, which is always fun, which I ran away with that victory, luckily. And it felt good, because I always lose. Yeah. Everything. And then we got to play Alien Artifacts, which I really liked Alien Artifacts. I did, too. We had a kind of a problem with the rules that I asked Delton a question, he misunderstood my question, therefore I misunderstood his explanation of the rule, and everything caught on fire and I ended up skipping seven turns. Yeah, basically Haley misunderstood the initial rule teaching, so she asked a question, which I misunderstood the way she phrased that question, which made her misunderstand the actual rule, and it was just this really weird thing where she put herself behind by several turns. That's what I just said. I know, but I felt like I could clarify it. I don't, even though that's probably even harder to get through. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Aside from that, we've just been living our normal life, trying to keep the house clean, which seems to be an issue for us, especially me, trying to go to work, feed ourselves. I'm about to say. Yeah, you clean a lot more than I do. About to say. Sorry. But I can't really think of much else that we've been doing lately. Squash garden's going great. Except there's thousands of weeds and grass around it that are taller than the squash plants. <laughs> I got 10 days of Gen Con, man. I don't have time to mess with that right now. That's true. Gen Con is coming up quickly. And this episode is the pre-Gen Con episode. But I think we have one thing we need to do before we get into Gen Con. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's, it's a game. But first, let's drink beer. Okay, so today, let's start with, we're going to have one beer we've had before and one beer we have not had. So the beer we have not had is Omegong Brewery from Cooperstown, New York. It's a pale sour ale. It says to serve it at 40 degrees Fahrenheit, which it's perspiring quite a bit, so I bet it's probably there. Does that mean we're at 40 degrees Fahrenheit as well? Uh, I wish I was. It's a little warm in here. It says to pour slowly so as to not disturb the yeast sediment, but with enough vigor to create a luxurious head and release the rich bouquet. 6.9% alcohol by volume. Oh, here's the best instructions. Here we go. I'm going to read this. We believe that balance is a heavenly quality in beer. Our elegantly balanced sour ale is created in collaboration with what's that word? Browerage. Browerage. Leafmans in Belgium. Is that French? Is it uh, somewhere in Belgium? Uh, where they have brewed and blended extraordinary sour beers 
beers since the 1600s. I cannot read out loud quickly at all. This is why I did bad in school. You also lost your accent over time. I did. Time. I just stopped it. Our fresh exploration is beautifully made, carefully blended, and pre- precisely balanced. Tart, complex, and with a touch of sweetness, our pale, sour ale offers your palate the opportunity to fine-tune its appreciation of sour ales. Basically, what this means is it's going to be sour, it's going to be an ale, it's going to taste like beer, and we're probably going to like it. By that description, it sounds like that beer went to a liberal arts college. Like, has a middle name of, like, Frederick. I don't know if I should be offended with the liberal arts degree in the room. By that, I mean it sounds classy. Nice save. Shut up, nerd. Apparently she's on one. Let's give this beer a (laughs) sniff. It's because Mackenzie got me socks that say sup, nerd, and I like them. When did that happen? Last year, but I thought about them today. I don't remember those at all. It's because you have a drawer of a thousand pair of socks. Because I watched her cat when she went to Iceland. I guess that's true. Okay, let's give this a taste. Haley, you first. That way there's not dead space I have to edit out in an awkward way later. Eh. Oh. I got sediment in my mouth. Is it sediment or beard hair? Definitely sediment. <laughs> cool. Let's see. Ooh, it does have that sour, kind of like a tart. A good sour beer. It's like the key lime pie of beers. I don't know about that, but it it's is very good. Light and refreshing and sweet with a little tart. It's actually a really good beer. I've always heard of Omagong, but I don't think I've ever drank anything of theirs. And now I can say I have. So I say we get on to the game now, because we've talked about the beer for like two minutes or more. As a disclaimer, this is a review copy provided to us by the designer for us to talk about on the podcast or do whatever we really want with. And we liked it enough to talk about it on the podcast now. So the game today is a hidden role. I don't want to say social deduction, but I guess it does kind of fall under that. I think so. But it's hidden role, almost a bit of territory control. It's very interesting. It's a game called Bitten, as in you bite somebody you have been bitten. It is designed by Benjamin Canellis, or Ben Canellis, also known as Sir Weenie, if you listen to the Tuesday Night Podcast. Uh, It is produced, or I guess published, by Cat Dragon Games. There is additional game design by Talon Coleman, editing by Philip A. Lee, and graphic design and illustrations by Ray Arastia and Alan Janush. So this is a really cool little game. The way the game plays is each of you get a faction. There are six, I guess, technically factions in the game. There's two different werewolves, two different vampires, and two different zombies. All things you don't want to get bitten by. So now the title makes sense. Or do want to get bitten by, depending on what level of Twilight fangirl you are. Gross. I hope the zombies win. Because I hate Twilight. so stupid. Anyway. Fact. Only one of us in this room has been to multiple Twilight movies in theaters. That's because I was forced to by an ex-girlfriend. Thank you very much. Still a fact. Ugh, still terrible. Horrible movies. Horrible book. I read the first one and I was like, this is garbage. But I suffered through it, I guess. But what isn't garbage is how awesome Bitten is. Yes, that's true. So the way Bitten plays is you take a faction card. That faction card acts as one recruit in your lair. So you don't want other people to know what you are. So if you get a werewolf, it will say you are a you know, alpha wolf werewolf or something. And you lay it face down, and that is your lair. So that's your, like, home base. And there is always at least one werewolf in that home base. The way the game then functions is in the center of the table, there are five different location cards in a vertical column. Those locations, and I have some of them next to me because I think they're pretty neat, is like the biker bar, the sewer, the motel, a mansion, a hospital, the news studio, the coffee shop, things like that. You lay five of those out face up, and everybody gets a hand of five cards. Now, on your turn, you can choose to look at either your layer, because cards can be played in there by your opponents, or your hand. If you look at your hand or your layer, no matter which one you look at, you will pick a card from those inside, of which, you know, the hand or the layer, you will pick one to play with. You'll place it face down in front of you until everyone's ready. You will then... Go in turn order, revealing and playing that card. I guess potentially revealing. So if you took it from your hand, you say, okay, on my turn, I'm going to look at my hand, not my layer. You look at the... (laughs) I just spilled the beer all over the floor. My socks, the rug. Oh my gosh. Pause for a second. We'll be right back. Delta's talking with his hands. (laughs) 
So I shouldn't make too much fun of Delton talking with his hands. I kind of got a little story. So when I was in graduate school, my first and second year, we had first year practice clients. Second year, we had actual clients from the community to do psychotherapy with. But for those two years, we had to video record ourselves as we did session. And so that was to help us to fine tune our skills as therapists. So we were able to see, okay, I didn't like how I responded to the client that way. I really missed a cue that the client was giving me there, but it was also for us to watch our body language. And so whenever I talk, I talk with my hands a lot. So all y'all sitting in the front row of my seminar at Gen Con, you better watch out, wear a helmet or something, because my arms will flail. And I, wa- I remember watching this video of me doing therapy with a client, and I don't know what I was describing, but I didn't have the volume on. It looked like I was swimming dog paddle in the air. I have no idea to this day what I was describing to my client. She uses her hands in the weirdest ways while talking, more so than anybody else. It's really crazy. But off this derailment of me knocking my entire beer into the floor and spilling it. On your rug, Mr. Six ounces of gold, I know. Okay, I feel like that's... No, get the beer away from me. I feel (laughs) like that's an omen that I need to just start the description over. You have five cards dealt to you. You can either choose to look at those five cards as your hand, or look in your layer at those cards. Let's say you choose your hand. You will look at the five cards, pick one, place it face down. Everybody does that simultaneously. Then, you can either reveal it and play it face up on one of the five locations, adding a recruit to those locations trying to get majority control. Which, if a location ever hits its maximum limit of cards, whoever has majority, or if it's tied, gains an influence across the city. Or, keep the card face down, and you can play it into somebody else's lair. Now, the reason you don't want cards that aren't to your faction in your lair is because to win the game at the end, if you win control of the city, or to win the other winning condition, which is securing your own personal lair, you don't want other factions, or at least you want to limit how many other factions are in there. So on your turn, you get to do that, right? Once you pl- everybody plays those, you pass the first player token, which is like a little baby card, which I love, and you pass the hand to the next player. You get a new hand of now four cards. And you do the same thing, so it's a drafting game as well. Now, if you have, let's say, three or four cards in your layer and you haven't looked at them, you can choose instead to look at the layer. What you will do is you will look at your layer, all the cards that are in there, you will pick one and place it face down that you will use for your turn. You will then have to take one card at random and discard it face down from the hand that you didn't look at just to keep the numbers even across the table. Then you use that card you pulled from your layer, just like usual. You can put it in somebody else's layer or face up in the city. So the way the game ends, if somebody ever has three influence markers in the city, which means their faction has majority control on three of those five locations, then they can win the game if, in their layer, they have more of their faction than any other single faction. So if you have two werewolves and there's one vampire, one zombie, you win. The other way to win is the secure your layer victory. If you have three or more of your own faction and more of your faction than any single other faction, you can win on your turn just during the game. The key to that is, if somebody plays into your layer on the turn you're trying to do the secure your layer victory, you can't because now you don't know what all's in there. So it's kind of a really neat mechanic. I do like having the two win conditions that if you're just not really keeping up with somebody, they can get the game and run away with it because a lot of people like to focus on the actual like city and maintaining control. One thing that's cool about the game is the cards of the recruits are split into three sections. And so the cards are split into three. Some cards have a zombie and a werewolf on them. Some have all three on them. Some have a vampire and a werewolf, those kinds of things. So it's hard to play without giving away what you are unless you use the cards that have multiple things on them but then you're also benefiting other players in the process. So it's kind of neat to see where you have to try to disguise what you're doing, but at the same time, you don't want to disguise it too much because you're helping your opponents. Now, one of the weird things is, since you can be a werewolf, somebody else could also be a werewolf. And the same with vampires, there's two of each faction, which means when you're giving someone, putting werewolf cards into their lair, thinking that they're a zombie, but they're actually a werewolf, you are benefiting them to potentially win the game with a secure a layer victory. So it's this neat struggle between playing cards in control, but not giving away what they are, but also trying to observe what your opponents are doing, all while drafting, which I think is really awesome. 
Another thing I do like too are the locations you play at, such as the biker bar. The card limit is five, so at five cards played on it, that's whenever you decide who has majority. It also has an ability on it, like a, uh, not an ability, but something that happens on the card. So there's a card called Slayers that go around in the hands of cards you get dealt. If you choose to play a Slayers card, you can do one of two things. You can either do what's called Barricade, taking one of these locations and removing it, replacing it with a new one, and that's only if there's no recruits on it, or you can do a Raid, where you pick a location and you raid and remove one of the recruit cards off of that location. This can reset majority if it's already been full. You can just limit people from getting too much control, things like that. So on this biker bar, if it's raided using a Slayer card, it says discard two recruit cards instead of one. So you can then remove two cards off the biker bar instead of one. And there's different cards that do things like this. If one card is raided, you end up raiding another. Or... If one card is barricaded, you bring in two in its place. I think that's the construction site. So there's these neat rules in some of the locations. If you play a recruit into it, something happens. And there's little things you have to focus on that you can chain together and do some cool stuff. But there's something else we really like about the location cards. So I really like how the graphic design incorporates actual pictures in black and white. It's not like a grayscale black and white. It's like an actual black and white photo. And so... Being that they are real-life photos, like it's a real pet shelter, a real motorcycle bar, a real whatever, it kind of gives it that realistic, eerie feeling that you get in those live-action zombie shows like The Walking Dead, because it is more realistic in a way. It's kind of like the old classic uh, monster movies where everything's black and white and gritty, and all of the cards have that. Everything in this game is just black and white. Very simple, and so it does, it has that old movie, old monster movie feel and kind of eeriness about it, and the way the photos are taken is uh, really cool. And I love that, like you said, it's real photos on location cards, not just an illustration. Given there's some editing to it and some little stuff here and there, but it's just really cool. That's how I'm going to imagine the zombie apocalypse is from now on. Like, that's how I know the zombie apocalypse is nigh, because our world completely goes black and white, which is like, what the hell happened? The zombies are coming! Yeah, right. (laughs) So the game holds three to six players. We've only played it at three and at four. We've not played five and six. I think the game definitely is better at four than at three. It does work well at three and it's still fun. I think it was better at four. I don't know how much I would like five and six. I think I would have to just try it out. The problem is we don't get too large of groups together. However, I think it would still be very fun, especially since it's drafting and everybody picks a card and then does something. There's not really any downtime. You're always passing cards. So that's really helpful for sure. I always love a draft mechanic, and so that's really cool. And then being that it's hidden roll is just something extra, and then the little area control aspect of it is so simple. It's not a board with tokens, it's just placing a card down. And that card can give away or hide so much information. So I've really enjoyed what we've played of the game for sure. I don't know that this will be one that would like replace One Night Ultimate Werewolf or Avalon for larger groups. Since this goes to six, I don't know if I would choose this over like Avalon at six. I think for definitely the like four people or even five, which I know is like the Avalon minimum, I think I would prefer this. This game is not as crazy as Avalon. I think that's something that I like about it. When you play One Night Ultimate Werewolf or you play Avalon or the Resistance, there's a tendency to just accuse people of lying. And that's what the game focuses on. And yes, that that is fun. However, it can be taxing at times, having to put on a face and try to, you know, tell when people are lying and try to be defensive. This subverts that completely. And I find that to be a uh, breath of fresh air. It's just nice to not have to play, you know, a game where people can call you out as a liar. They can call you out. That's fine. It's not actually going to do anything. Even playing a game like Coup, which, you know, this can't hold two. Coup is kind of our go-to two-player for like this sort of a game. But even in Coup, people call you liars and they can call you out and call bullshit and things like that. I like that this game doesn't really have that. You just have to figure out what your opponents are doing and then do what you can to stop them. To me, it brings less of that social social manipulation aspect of the game in and more of actually how to play the game to defeat your opponents, not figure out who's a liar reading them. So it's a different style than those games, but I do really enjoy it. I think at four players, it's really good. I want to try it at five and six. But I think at four and five is probably going to be where it really shines. I think, you know, we played it with 
three players and played with four players. I really liked it in four because you know that somebody is on someone else's team. Like yes. statistically speaking, there's only three different factions. There's four people. So that means at least two people are on the same team. It turned out Delt and I were on the same team and Mac and Cass were on the same team. They were werewolves and we were zombies, which I kind of figured out Delton. I don't yeah. know if you figured out me. I did not have you figured out. But I'm sly. You are sly. But I like in the four player where you can almost make mini alliances just by body language because I, like when I figured Delton out, I tried to like give him cues that I was on his team, but... It is. It's really neat. But the thing about it is, even though you're on the same team because you're both werewolves, you're not necessarily on the same team for winning. It's still a solo win, which you can consider it a joint win, but it's still really a solo win because that's why there's like the voodoo shaman zombie and the whatever the other sh- zombie was called. So it's more like you're another version of us that we have to be careful of because we can be helping you way more than we're supposed to. But you can also, I, I think if you played it at six people, you could play it with secret teams. You don't know who your teammate is and play it where the team wins together. I think that would be super, super fun to do as well. Yeah. But we've really enjoyed the game. Uh, We think it's very good. I like games like this, that hidden role element. And this is different. It's different than other games of this style. And I like that it brings something new to the table. It's got a new graphic design style. The werewolf, like zombie vampire theme is a little overdone for me. But I think it fits pretty well here, and it's not, like, overabundant to the point that it's in your face with it. You know, it's not so much about those exact creatures. So that kind of helps out, because those those are, you know, I'm not as interested into werewolves and stuff. See, I'm a sucker for themes. I don't think it's overdone. I think it fits perfectly. I don't think it's over. I'm saying that uh, they're used all the time. Oh, that's what I mean. Okay, I'm talking about sense. those that themes used all the time. But okay. I like it in this regard. It's kind of a neat idea to think of those three things are fighting for control of a city. So that's unique in itself. It's not just who's the bad person, who's the vampire in the group, who's the werewolf in the group. It's me. You know, that sort of thing. So this is a new take on that as well. I was thinking, this is kind of off topic, but of bands that are named after those creatures. So you have the zombies, which was a 60s psychedelic band. Yes. You have Steppenwolf. Yes. Which is German for were- werewolf. They were popular in the 70s. Yep. Is there a vampire band or some band that's... I mean, I'm sure there is. It's just probably terrible, which is why we haven't heard of it. Not saying that Steppenwolf is really that good. I will fight you right here and now. They have one song that anyone has heard ever. Want to be wild. Magic Carpet Ride. Magic Carpet Ride. You don't They got know two. What? They have two songs. So after this, Delton's going to sit and listen to Spotify for a couple of hours. No, after this, I'm going to try to edit and then hopefully play some Skyrim because I have a computer that can play games now. Conveniently. And then I can edit quickly now. But I think that kind of wraps up our Bitten talk. We really enjoyed Bitten. Um, Thanks again to Ben the Designer for sending us a review copy to talk about on the podcast. And we wanted to give a shout out to him, a congratulations, because he recently announced that Floodgate Games has signed his latest game, Kill All Humans. Sounds like fun for the whole family. It's a social deduction game, so it's probably going to be more along the lines of, like, the One Night Ultimate Werewolf, you know, where you're calling people out, and it sounds like it's likely an alien-themed game. I'm excited to see more. I'm going to see if I can pry a little bit at Gen Con. Uh, I'm going to ask him, you know, what it's about and kind of get the rundown of it, but super exciting that he'll be working with Floodgate on that. Floodgate's done really good with, like, Sagrada and some of their other games, so that's really awesome. But yeah. Pick up Bitten if you can find it. It's a pretty inexpensive game. It's just a deck of cards in a box. It's probably no more than 25, probably equivalent price to like... I think it was about 20 at Game HQ. Maybe so. It's between 15 and 25. I don't know the exact price of it. We've only seen it the once. I think Haley's, like she said, about 20. Two dozen dollars. But it's really fun. If you like this kind of game, sounds interesting to you, definitely pick it up. We recommend it. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So I say we open this second beer for the topic, because this is a big topic to get to. It's Storm Chaser again. Storm Chaser IPA. I don't don't think Brian left this one for us, but we're stealing it. Sorry, Brian. And we're going to drink it. We had this last episode when we talked about tornadoes, and I edited out like 15 minutes of tornado talk. However, it's really good, and we're going to drink it again. The OKC Nunado followed me on Twitter. They followed me, too. And I don't know why. I don't either. They must be board gamers or something. I thought they followed me because of my Lost Ogle affiliation, but I think it might be for board gaming. Who are you, OKC Nunado? So for you all who don't know, uh, 
tornadoes are really common in Oklahoma. And the Oklahoma City Metro, and I think most small towns, Elk City did it too, they will test their tornado sirens at noon on Saturday. And so Every you have, single Saturday. Every single Saturday. So you'll, if you follow me on Twitter, you see me retweet about noon every Saturday, the wee-woo-wee-woo-wee-woo from the Oklahoma City Noonado Twitter. And they followed me up back on Twitter, so I felt really special. Then they followed Delton. So now I feel like I'm friends with the siren. Yeah, we have uh, tornado sirens set up all over the state. There's multiple in big cities. But every single Saturday at noon, they set them off as a test just to make sure they're still functioning and things like that. They use them for tornadoes. They use them for fires, I believe. I think there's a fire warning. And it, like a tornado is going to do like... And it does that and pulses in and out. You like feel it in your chest and like it becomes a part of you to where if you're in a city on Saturday that's not in Oklahoma and you don't feel it, you feel like your whole equilibrium is off. Yeah, it's going to be weird going through uh, on our trip coming up this week, actually. I guess we'll be on the trip when this releases, but it's going to be weird going through cities that don't have these whistles on Saturday. If they don't, I don't know. Memphis might. Memphis might. We'll soon find out. We'll find out. So the topic for this episode is Gen Con. This is our pre-Gen Con episode. When this releases, it will be Sunday, July 29th, I believe, which is two days, three days into our vacation. We leave Friday morning, and then this comes out the Sunday we're gone. Then we have that week, Gen Con that next weekend, and then we come back home to go back to the grind at work again. Y'all, I love my job. I've never been so fulfilled in my life. I wake up every day grateful that I get to go in and work at a place that I do doing the job that I do. But I am so ready to get the hell out of here for 10 days. Yes, it's a 10-day vacation, which is the longest vacation we've ever taken. It is also the longest vacation we've taken just together. And it's also the first time I will go to two states and first time Haley goes to one. Yeah, possibly two if we go to Ohio as well. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to take that detour. So the way our trip's going to pan out is I'm going to do a travel vlog. We're going to film some of it, some of us traveling, where we're going, things we're seeing. I think it would be fun because the camera's not hard to lug around. It's very small since I just have a little camcorder and it's more inexpensive. You know, I don't have to worry about it like a big DSLR or anything, but we're going to take a road trip and see some stuff we haven't seen, go to cities we haven't been to and enjoy a vacation with each other until we go to Gen Con. And then it's my vacation, essentially. Haley enjoys it, but it's definitely more for me. I just get a lot of noodles and veggies and beer. Oh, I'm so ready for Island Noodle. Island Noodle. Now, granted, I love Gen Con, too, but this is Delton's passion, 100%. Oh, definitely. So the way our trip's going to function, we will record it. So we're going to have a, I don't know how long, travel video of just entertaining stuff and things we've seen and having fun. And then we'll have another video, probably like a part two, that'll be Gen Con only. And it'll be the time we're at Gen Con. So we're leaving Friday morning nice and early to head to Memphis, Tennessee. We arrive at Memphis that day, spend that evening, and spend the entire next day running around Memphis, seeing what we can see. Doing hood rat stuff. Hood rat stuff and trying to find vegan restaurants. Then on Sunday, we wake up and go to Nashville. We're supposed to eat with a friend that moved to Nashville. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Ellie. She'll probably never listen to this, but hi, Ellie. Bye, Ellie. And we're going to eat with her, go around Nashville. We're going to go look at the Grand Ole Opry just because it's kind of famous. I'm gonna we're go not s- going in because that will cost $80. It's too expensive. And we're going to go to Centennial Park so I can see. Yes, thank you for moving the beer. I'm using my hands again. <laughs> we're going to go to Centennial <laughs> Park where I can see the Parthenon. They have a one-for-one full-scale replica of the Parthenon from Greece in Centennial Park. It looks gorgeous. I'm so excited to go. Plus, we're going to Third Man Records, and or- we're going to Sun Records, and we're going to go see Graceland. We're not going to see Graceland, but we can probably do the Johnny Cash Museum for you. Hell yeah. So we're going to be filming some of this stuff, right? We're going to do that. We're going to be in Nashville for two whole days, basically, that Sunday and all Monday. And then Tuesday, we're going to go to Louisville, Kentucky. And they say Louisville, but Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to go stay one night on, I guess, is that Tuesday? Yeah, we wake up, leave Tuesday, go there. Then we will wake up Wednesday morning from Louisville and drive to Indianapolis to check into our Airbnb. And then we will be attending the block party out front of the convention center on Wednesday night. It's the big block party, beer tapping, music, live bands, just a big event we missed last year, and I didn't know it was going on. I'm going to dance so hard. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. I'm just going to be awkward in the corner with a beer. That's okay. I'll make friends. I did last year. 
I believe Gates is going to come to the party, the block party. Oh, that's I don't know, don't know if you saw the Facebook message, but she invited us to a dinner Tuesday night, but we won't be in Indianapolis that night. I haven't been on Facebook all day because I got to work. Yeah, my work's a little slow, so it's fine. But we're going to do the block party, so come say hi, hang out with us. We're going to be drinking some beer and having a good time at that block party Wednesday night. And dancing. And dancing. And then Thursday morning all the way until Sunday in the early afternoon, we are going to be at Gen Con, hanging out, talking to people, playing some games, purchasing games, and hopefully filming just some goofy stuff. We decided this year not to do what we were going to originally do, which is actual coverage and interviews and things like that. I think we want to enjoy the convention this year. It's only our second year. It's only our second ever convention of any kind, or at least of gaming kind, any kind for me. So I want to enjoy it. I want to go and have fun. So if I want to film something, I'll film it. If I don't, I'm not going to. I'm not going to make myself feel obligated to do interviews and cover games for the sake of feeling like I have to. This is your self-care vacation. This yes, is this, your joy is, vacation. this is my big vacation. So maybe next year we can start doing some of that. But, but we'll for still this make year, content. we'll still make content. We're still going to have filming stuff. I'll take pictures of games, but it's not going to be like super formal or anything like that. However, I'm super excited. I hope we meet Vladimir Lenin again. I'm blanking Bruno Cathala. That's right. Uh, after Gen Con, we spend one night Sunday night in Indian, uh, sorry, Indianapolis in St. Louis. And then we come home Monday, wake up Tuesday morning to go back to work. So that's our whole plan. I already have an eight o'clock appointment on that Tuesday. Woo! Do you really? Yeah. Sounds terrible. I have to be at work at eight that morning as well. I got to fill three days worth of, or five days worth of clients into three days. Oh, that's gross. But Gen Con this year, you guys love Gen Con. We love Gen Con. Gen Con's awesome. I'm super excited for Gen Con. I'm excited to meet people, but meet them as a podcaster now. And I keep saying a content creator. I only make podcasting content, but I think that's enough. Damn it. I spent enough time on this podcast and doing that in the videos we've made, even though it's, it's your, a lower number. It's your part-time job, man. It basically is a, a part-time job I don't get paid for. Well, think of this. You got your first sponsor this year. You received games from companies wanting you to review them. Yep. I mean, you've done a lot of hard work, Delt. We're making it. We're getting there. But it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm ready to meet people. I can see Alan and Sean from Tuesday Night Podcast again. We're going to hang out with Gates at some point. There's a lot of people from Twitter. Um, that we talk to regularly that'll just be nice to like see in person. I think we're going to be able to see, say hi to Katie from Katie's Game Corner. We'll get to say hi to Danny from Danny and Derek do board games. He's going to be working, I think, with the Deepwater Games booth. But there's just a lot of people we get to meet now. And I have these new business cards to hand out. And it's just going to be nice to kind of go and meet people and actually do more than last year. Because last year it was just me and Haley walking around buying games playing some stuff but it was just us together which was still fun i feel like we know people yeah we'll get to see ben the designer of bitten we're gonna actually talk to ben for the first time that's not just through facebook or twitter we're seeing him in a hot dog suit we're seeing him in a hot dog suit at the tuesday night games live podcast last year which if you're not going tuesday night podcast saturday night i think at nine o'clock maybe ten o'clock look it up on the events page there's still tickets as far as i understand but they're gonna do their live podcast i highly recommend it we're both nights now man we are both Oh, God. There we yeah. go. We are both nights of the Tuesday Night Podcast, so that's super exciting. Hopefully, we see SBJ again. Yeah. Because he, I think he's going to help... Talk Pokemon. Maybe help host it, host the podcast again. I don't know. SBJ used to do the Tuesday Night Podcast until his own personal podcast became too much for that. But it's just going to be awesome meeting these people, and there's a lot of cool games, so I'm super excited. Um, Renegade is knocking it out of the park. They have a game that they're bringing over from Germany called... I want to pronounce it Windake or Windake. It's about a Native American tribe. I think from the Canadian air area. I'm not 100% sure on the story, but it looks like they've done a good job of being culturally appropriate and accurate in terms of clothing. I don't actually know because I don't research it, but it seems to be better. Uh, given this is the German company, they're just going to be publishing it here through Renegade, but I'm super excited about that. They're reproducing Arboretum that I've never got to play. Always heard good things, so I'll likely pick it up. There's a game called Coimbra coming out that looks awesome. And aside from that, I'm kind of blanking on new games that I really want to pick up. But I'm excited. There's going to be games. There's going to be games. Old ones, new ones, demos. All kinds of stuff to be able to go do. New drinking game. Every time Delton said Gen Con in the last 12 seconds, take a drink. Gen Con, Gen Con, Gen Con, Gen Con, Gen Con, Gen Con. Yay! You forgot something? Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, Haley has her sold out psychology panel type thingy her presentation on the psychology of rage quitting 
my seminar. Psychology of Board Games, Why We Rage Quit, her seminar that she's doing. It is sold out. However, if you want to go, wait outside. We'll take all the tickets. And when we start, if there is available seating, after a couple minutes, you should be able to just come in and sit down. We can't take tickets that are worth value for this. We can only take free ones. It's just that we had to get the free $0 ones for people to come in to make sure that people don't just pile in, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that even though it's sold out, there are going to be some people who are too hungover on a Saturday morning to make it to the convention at 9 o'clock a.m. on a Saturday morning. Yeah, some people just won't make it or some people might change their mind. I mean, the tickets were free, so those are the easiest tickets to not use. But if you want to come and there's not a seat, wait, there might be a seat. If not, we can always try to see what we can do. You might just have to stand up if we have any room. I just don't know. I don't know what the room's going to look like. No, and if you have any questions on it, if you are able to go or if you're not able to go and you have questions or just want to learn more, I mean, reach out to me on Twitter. I don't mind sharing my slides. I share my slides for any of my presentations that I do. That's true. Yeah, Haley does not mind doing that if you're curious about it. Like I said, I will definitely be filming and recording that presentation. So we will have a YouTube video of the full presentation. With my speaking with my hands and all. You'll see her speaking with her hands and all. I'm just going to be behind the camera, but we'll have her. I'm going to try to get it where we can record her audio well and get it edited and at least be decent. But we'll definitely have that recorded, which is super awesome. I think it's going to be great. Oh, thank you. I'm excited, too. We get to play Holding On, The Troubled Life of Billy Kurth. It looks amazing. Uh, Michael Fox, who is Idle Michael on Twitter, He's work, been working on the game. I think he's one of the main designers, but he works with Hub Games, and we're going to be demoing it one of the days. We got one of the ticketed demo slots so I we could play it. So excited. Oh, we're super stoked. One, I get to meet Michael in person. I've talked to him. He's from England. Hi, even though Michael. I believe he's American, but has lived in England like his whole life. If I remember correctly, that's accurate, but it could be wrong. That's going to be super cool to meet him and then play that game. That game looks phenomenal. I don't, there's just so much we get to do at Gen Con. It's just going to be magical. If anybody wants to meet up with us, we're going to be there. Like I said, we will have baseball-style tees with blue sleeves and our orange logo on the front. Sadly, we do not have any to give out, but these are the way you can identify us in the crowd. We'll likely only wear them one or tw- once or twice, like one day or two days of the con. Depending on how easy it is to find a washing machine. Yes, if there's like a really close laundromat to where we're staying at our Airbnb, I'll probably wash mine and wear it every day. It just depends on our time and how close it is and how easy it is to handle. And we are not going to be those people who do not change our clothes at a con. That is impolite. That is improper. That is a cardinal sin. Oh, God, no, I will not do that. We are going to be changing clothes and having deodorant. We, if you have not been to Gen Con and you're going for the first time, pack some snacks, pack some like hand sanitizer. We recommend Kleenex like face and hand wipes. Water bottles. Water bottles that you can refill at the fountains. That is that way you're not providing extra waste you can just have a bottle to refill we recommend bringing a phone charger potentially a power strip so you can plug it in so other people can use it so you don't just steal their outlet if you're bringing a camera bring your charger an extra battery something like that bring two memory cards those kinds of things Uh, but definitely snacks those kleenex brand face and hand wipes we use to clean our hands wipe our face down wipe our neck down we always find that we break out at cons because i tend to touch my face a lot and I get really hot and sweaty, and I just have, I'm very prone to break out, so I have to keep my face clean, and I can't touch it, and so those are really nice way to just, like, spruce up, wipe off some of the sweat, bring your deodorant with you in a backpack. Like, we just recommend one bag with everything in it. It's okay to bring a bag. It is okay as long as it is not a rolling goddamn suitcase on the ground, and you're blocking people's paths with it because you think you need to carry it with you on the ground as if you're two people. Like, I can't stand that, or they block the walkway. That's Delton speak for he's going to kick it. I at least feel like I'm going to kick it. We're also going to be eating, of course, food, vegan food. So if you ever want to eat with us, just hit us up and we'll see if we can make something work. It just depends. We just want to meet some people that listen to us and want to talk to us and stuff like that. And hopefully we get to eat with people that we also want to talk to and listen to and stuff like that. Yeah, we love to meet new people, or I do at least, but that's kind of my profession. That's true. She is my social buffer. I is. She makes it easy for me to have conversations and end conversations. So generally, whenever we have door-to-door salesmen come to the door, I'm normally the one to answer the door because I can hear what they say, paraphrase and reflect back to them to make them not feel rejected, 
and then tie the conversation up in a bow and send them on their way. I was in sales for years, so I know how to do that without hurting somebody's feelings. At least I think I do. And I'm also a therapist, so I know how to wrap up conversations. But about a month ago, I let Delton answer the door. And I'm cooking dinner, her da 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 and I notice that 20 minutes has passed. I look out the front door, and Delton is standing sideways, kicking his feet, not even looking at the guy, and the guy's just talking. I was like, how long do I let this go on? I'm really bad at wrapping up conversations I don't want to be in, which is why when I walk by a booth and some guy's talking to you, it's like at a state fair, and he's like, you should play the game, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, and I get really awkward, and I just keep walking. So if you see me at Gen Con awkwardly walking away from a table, it's because I don't want to be there, and I don't know how to say bye. But it's okay. So needless to say, I came out to the front porch and interceded into the conversation while I'm ending it. Delton just like says nothing and scurries in the house. Yeah, you just handled it. I feel like this has been just a rant of a not a rant, but just a podcast episode where we just blah, blah, blah about stuff. But I'm fine with it because it's friggin pre Gen Con and I'm so stoked. This is just all the excitement coming out. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no question. There's no, There's question. no topic. No. Well, I mean, yeah, well, kind of topic. no. <laughs> There's no question about it. We're excited for Gen Con. Definitely send us some tweets of what you're looking forward to at Gen Con. Any events, any games. If there's any games I should check out, my list of new games to get or new games to look at is tiny. It's like four because a lot of the new games don't look interesting to me. Uh, I haven't really been surprised or I guess not surprised, impressed by a lot coming out. There's just a lot of games that are in styles I don't enjoy. And so. Those don't interest me as, as much. I'm going to try to play the games I find, though, and demo as much as I can, and hopefully we can bring home some cool stuff that we can make content about later. So let me know if there's a game I should be checking out that you think I would like, and I will definitely go to that booth and give it a demo and whatnot. God, do you remember last year whenever, so it was like the day before Gen Con, you showed me the Shut Up and Sit Down video on Sagrada. And our very first day at Gen Con, we immediately went and bought Sagrada. And then that night in the hotel room, we played Sagrada, what, four times? Three or four times in the hotel room, yeah. Like, that was fun. That was a game that we were so excited about and just stoked for. And I'm so excited to discover that game, this Gen Con. I'm so excited to walk around the convention, spot a game, play test it, get really excited about it, and just can't wait to get back to the hotel room to play it. That's something I'm hoping for. That's the only thing I'm sad about this year is I haven't felt that going into it. Yet. Yet. There's some that I really want to play, but the problem is most of the games I'm really excited for came out earlier this year or last year. <laughs> like, I really want Altiplano from Renegade, and I want to play it, and I want to own it. And, like, I really want to get Yokohama and Orleone from TMG, and there's all these older games I want, but I'm hoping to just find something that's new that just makes me so ecstatic and excited, because it's been a bit since I felt that way about some a game like been a bit since I felt that way to the point of I'm going to buy it and immediately full price it at the booth. You know what I mean? Right. Because there's been some Kickstarter games that I'm like, yes, I want this now, which is when I got Gentis or Gentis Deluxe Edition. And uh, what was the other game I backed? Can't think of the there's name of it. There's a lot of games. Dealt. There's not a lot of games. I've only backed four games total in my life. But what was the game? Shoot, I can't remember because I backed Countdown Action Edition. CO2? CO2 Second Chance, that one, because I wanted CO2 when it first came out because it looked amazing, but I was not into games enough to spend $70. But when they put out this Kickstarter for Second Chance, I was immediately hooked and down for it. So I'm super stoked about that. But anyway, I'll find something at Gen Con that makes me super, super excited. I mean, last year we sat down and demoed Lorenzo Il Magnifico, and I turned around and bought it like immediately. Went right to the, the Simon booth and was like, I'm taking this home, bye. But it's just a really good game. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Exciting to play some games and find something that really just brings out excitement in us. And that way we can bring it to the podcast and talk about it. And hopefully people pick it up after that. So one of those things. It's really fun whenever you find your passion. It really is. I'm just I'm so excited for the con. It's like there's so many things I could talk about of booths I want to see. Or boobs you want to see? Boobs and booths I want to see and things like that. But there's just so much to talk about. And I'm more just like on a super excited rant. That's okay. That's where you're supposed to be. It's almost Gen Con. Almost Gen Con. Almost vacation time. Two more days of work. Two more days of work. Two more days of work. I just got to remind myself only two more days of work. Dude, I have five articles to write. That sounds gross. And about 17 notes to do. You've got that. I've got to edit this podcast, so we should probably start to bring this to a close. I just want to talk about Gen Con, but Really, at this point, it's just going to be me going, I'm excited for this. Look, it's going to be pretty. Yay! Just wait until next 
episode when we talk about what we were excited about at Gen Con. So next episode, we will talk about Gen Con. We will talk about the games we played, the games we brought home, people that we got to meet and talk to, the things we did. So it's going to be a little more actually like uh, filled with content versus me just rambling about being excited. About to knock your beer glass over again, my friend. It's empty this time. Hold on. Now it's super empty. But yes, next episode will be that. This episode is pre-Gen Con, Bitten, and that's pretty much it. Hopefully Bitten's at Gen Con so people can pick it up upon our recommendation. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I feel like I talked 75% of this episode. Yeah. But I'm also more excited than you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited too. Of course you're excited, but you know. Anyway, that's fine. We need to wrap this thing up. We have things to do and work tomorrow. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else, YouTube and all, at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. I am personally on Twitter and whatnot, at Delton Brack. Haley is at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-O-Y-G-E-E-K, Squirrely Geek. Shoot us a tweet or something like that about what you want us to do at Gen Con. If you want to meet up, let us know. We'll be more than happy to grab a beer or hang out a little bit or play a game. Let us know what we need to look at. Let us know if you're working a booth. We'll come say hi. And we're looking forward to seeing everybody there. And we're super, super excited to meet some of the faces of people that listen to us and people that we listen to as well. If you want, you can email us, contact at malthousegames.com. If you have a question that you think would be neat for us to answer on a podcast episode, send that to us for sure. We always come up with the questions ourselves, like what's our favorite theme or, you know, what would be our ultimate game piece or whatever we come up with for the episode, you know, our favorite aesthetic or dream aesthetic was one of them. If you have a question you want us to answer, email it to us or tweet at us, and we will definitely put it down to do on the next couple episodes. I guess really that wraps it up. I can't think of anything else that I need to plug in here at all. Nope. All right. Well, I guess until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you guys at, hopefully, at Gen Con. Bye, nerds. See ya.